this afternoon, I'd like to give guided meditation on forgiveness. So I can see forgiveness is not a hot topic. Not so I see many spaces. <laughs> so I don't know. But it's very interesting, actually. <clears throat> the Pali word for forgiveness is kama, K-H-A-M-A. So that means forgiveness. So the verb is kamati, kamati. That's so one forgives. So it's very interesting this Pali word has a connotation with the earth, the earth. You see, uh, when you look at the earth, it can bear whatever you throw on it, rubbish and all that. So it, it has that kind of uh, uh, acceptance, whatever there is. <laughs> so in uh, the practice of forgiveness, we have to remember that when we forgive, we are the first one to be off the hook. We are the one who actually uh, go, go off the hook. <laughs> so uh, when we practice forgiveness, it's not about uh, condone, condoning the unskillful behavior of others, but it's about letting go of our emotion, commotion of, of feeling, uh, being hurt, wounded, and all that. So it's a gift that you can do for yourself and others because once you forgive, there's that sense of freedom, there's healing. So it's not really approval. Forgiveness is not approving others. And it's not weakness. It's actually reclaiming your strength. There is a book I like very much about forgiveness. It's by Fred Luxin. I think he's from Stanford. It's called Forgive for Good. It's a scientific study about forgiveness how actually it helps to uh, to heal, actually. If you carry around the baggage of being wronged, hurt, it undermines your health. So it's very important for from a health point of view. So um, Buddha never talks so much about forgiveness, actually. The topic itself it doesn't come up so much, but there are two places where it comes uh, up in the scriptures. But that doesn't mean that it's not important. Actually, the whole teaching on compassion, karuna, is actually grounded on for- in forgiveness. So it doesn't mean that uh, Buddha ignored this, but it's very, very important. Here is one uh, incident in, uh, in the Anguttara Nikaya. He said that these two are unwise. Which two? He's asking. The one who does not see one's transgressions as a transgression, and the one who does not rightfully pardon another who has confessed one's transgression. These two are unwise. 
this happened to me one time as a layman. I went to ask somebody forgiving and say, I'll never forgive you. So that's a sign of being unwise if you don't forgive others. So then in the second phrase here, he said that these are, are wise. These are wise. Which are, are the two? The one who seizes uh, one, uh, the one who sees uh, one's transgression, and as a transgression, and the one who rightly pardons another who has confessed one's transgression. These two are wise. So another instance uh, in you find it in Diganika. That means long discourses. Uh, it said that it's a cause of growth in a dharma vinaya. That means doctrine and discipline of the noble ones, the enlightened ones. When one seeing a transgression such, one makes amends in accordance to the dharma and exercise restraint, restraint in the future. So these are the two areas that comes up. One is acknowledging, uh, admitting that you have done something unskillful, making amends according to dharma, and restraint in the future. That's pretty much about it, actually. <laughs> but the whole teaching of compassion is full of, uh, actually, uh, forgiveness. So I'm going to lead you into some phrases that comes up uh, in a monastery. We have them, and uh, and also the common phrases that they use in Dharma centers. So then, uh, if you want them, I'll just post it uh, after this session. And if you want to use these phrases for your practice, but uh, the idea is use the phrases that resonate with you. If this is too much, too graphic, it's okay to choose just one phrase or two and then repeat it. And then at the end, I'll have 15 minutes for Q&A. So please sit comfortably, feel at ease. So we're going to do the practice of forgiveness. That means for forgiveness for ourselves, then forgiveness for those who have hurt or harmed, harmed you and then forgiveness from others. So it goes into three parts. So like in practice of meditation, sit comfortably, feel at ease. I know you've been practicing metta, loving kindness to, towards friends, but from my experience, I found out most of the people who have harmed me, usually they're friends actually. At one point or the other, they have been friends. Rarely strangers really harm me. It's usually people who have tr I've trusted, friends for a long time. They are the people who usually hurt us. So instead of cutting them out of our life, so it's good to really practice forgiveness to heal the wounds, to start the journey of healing. Remembering forgiveness is an intention also. You don't have to face it, to, to really force yourself to forgive. You see it as a process. So it's not, it's not faking it until you make it. 
But opening and opening to these emotions So just listen to, those, to these phrases, starting with forgiveness on oneself. Reflect along these lines, just as I have caused suffering to others. There are many ways that I have hurt or unharmed myself. I have betrayed or abandoned myself many times in thought, word, or deed, knowingly or unknowingly. For the ways I have hurt myself through action or in inaction, out of fear, pain, and confusion, and now I extend a full and heartfelt forgiveness. I forgive myself. I forgive myself completely. See if you can sit with that reflection. Forgiving yourself. And you can practice forgiveness for those who have harmed you by reflecting along these lines. There are many ways I have been harmed by others, abused or abandoned, knowingly or unknowingly, in thought, word or deed. I remember the many ways others have hurt, wounded, or harmed me out of fear, pain, confusion, and anger. I've carried this pain in my heart long enough to the extent that I am ready. I offer you forgiveness. To those who have caused me harm, I offer my forgiveness now. I forgive you. So forgiveness from others. There are many ways that I have hurt and harmed others, have betrayed or abandoned them, caused them suffering knowingly or unknowingly. Out of my pain, fear, anger, and confusion, I ask 
for forgiving it. I ask for your forgiveness now. Please forgive me. Another standard forgiveness practice we do in the monastery when we are chanting, I'll say it in English, it goes like this. If due to negligence I, I have done something wrong by body, speech or mind, pardon me that offense, perfect one of vast wisdom. Again, we not ask somebody above, but these are the qualities that we acknowledge our flaws. The qualities of, of the Buddha, the triple gem, in other words. The second phrase is, if due to negligence, I've done something wrong by body, speech, or mind. Pardon me that offense, Dhamma. Dhamma, visible and immediate. The third phrase is, if due to negligence, I've done something wrong by body, speech, or mind. Sangha, practicing well, and spring. So these are qualities of the triple gem that also in, in monastery we, uh, we, uh, we ask for forgiveness. It's not that like it's a human being they are forgiving us, but these are qualities of triple gem that we acknowledge our unskillful ways through the body, speech, or mind. So find out what resonates with you and repeat that. Opening softly without forcing any anything. Knowing that forgiveness is for your benefit. and the benefit of others.
if there's any resistance, allow your attention to be there, knowing that you don't have to forgive everybody today, but you can make that intentionality, intention to give, to forgive, intention to give forgiveness, which is wholesome. So you can be mindful of that t tension, resistance. That's where the holding on is, not wanting to let go of even negative states of mind. No need to force forgiveness. You can back off a little bit. Be aware of the sensations in the body, where the tightness and resistance. And then reconnect the phrases. Keep them simple. You don't have to remember everything I've said. Just find words that resonate with you. can use to forgive yourself, others, and forgive yourself unconditionally. And remember, forgiveness is good for you and others. And forgiveness is not actually about forgetting.
is any resistance that is coming up. Bring to mind somebody who hasn't harmed you so much. Somebody who has done little harm. Begin with that person. And forget for a while somebody who did you the most harm. Start with somebody who's a little bit irritating. Might be even here on a retreat. You don't have to look very far. And then bring to mind some people may harm us unintentionally, actually. And we may even know, have no clue. So just put out that intention out there in the air, in the universe. And really ask for forgiveness. There's no need to rationalize whether you forgive you or not. slowly, you can walk slowly to the most difficult person, somebody who have caused you a lot of harm. But, but again, open slowly by slowly with mindfulness. So forgiveness practice must be coupled with mindfulness. If you don't have mindfulness and practice forgiveness meditation, then it will be very hard to open up, to open up, and letting go of the feeling of being wounded. Create that spaciousness in your heart. The resistance that you find in the body and tension. See if you can find a soft spot in your body and touch it. Feel the softness and warmth. And then you can begin over. Reflecting on the phrases. If I have done something unskillful through body, speech, or mind, I ask others to forgive me. If others have done something unskillful, knowingly, unknowingly, I forgive them. And finally, I forgive myself unconditionally. So you keep simple, keep it simple. Just repeat those phrases, connecting to each and each phrase.
May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be free from suffering and its causes. So thank you for your practice. Okay, so this is a forgiveness practice. There's a saying which says that one who gives, forgives, is wise. One who gets and forgets is unwise. So that thing is very, it's very important to remember. So is there any comment or reflection or question or whatever it's about what I've said about forgiveness? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> that comes up. Okay. Yes, you can do that. You bring to uh, to, uh, to, uh, to your mind somebody who uh, has uh, caused you harm. You bring them and visualize them. And uh, also you can visualize them as somebody who's confused, who's uh, really actually suffering and helpless and all the things. Yes, you can do a visualization with, uh, with the forgiveness practice. And in fact... In practice, whatever you think that is going to help you, go for it. <laughs> so this, this is a way how you can skillfully practice by being creative. The, the, the teaching, the practice, allows a lot of room for creativity. That's the beauty of this practice. There is no dogma. <laughs> so you can bring something if you feel it's skillful. And see how it works for you. Some people are more graphic. They need something in front of them. <laughs> yeah, so you can bring in that visualization. What was happening was I was visualizing uh, the moment where they harmed me or I harmed them. Mm -hmm. I was sending the felt sense of forgiveness to that image. Mm -hmm. Is that skillful or just bringing up and visualizing that uh, moment of needing forgiveness unskillful? I think it's skillful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's skillful. So long as that, yeah. Anything is skillful so long as it's not increasing your attachment. <laughs> right? If something is skillful, it shouldn't be increasing your attachment, your, your aversion, your confusion, and fear. <laughs> if you can even check yourself. <laughs> so when, whatever you're doing, find out whether it's increasing your fear or delusion, confusion, aversion, attachment, then it's skillful. So if you, you find out what you're doing is bring a lot of fear, confusion, attachment, and aversion, then maybe it's just unskillful. So you can check. Yeah, so use any method that supports your practice. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so did you raise your hand, you? <laughs> Halfway? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you can ask. Well, I just wanted—I just wanted to say that, like, for me, I—I've started to really 
forgiveness has started to make sense for me in my heart when I um, started to um, like ask <coughs> myself to try to do what I was wanting that person to do or how I thought they should have been in that moment and what they should have done and what they should have said and then I kind of turned it around and been like well would I be able to do that and it's not always clear that I like I realize that I'm just as confused as most people that I'm judging for what they hmm? so repeat that please I just realized that it's easier for me to forgive when I realize that whatever I'm like um, demanding or whatever I'm reproaching that person uh. I realize that it's it wouldn't I understand more where they're coming from because I wouldn't necessarily be able to do it. Like for example, let's say I say my I'm angry at my mother because she um, in that moment she didn't say that thing or she didn't try to reach out to me or whatever. And then I realize that for me it's not easy to do that either uh. with anyone. Uh. So I'm just realizing how I'm just as confused as most people that are harming me or whatever. Mm. Yes, actually, yes, I know exactly what you mean because actually, uh, sometimes uh, we harm others without our without an intention. Actually, that's why the the, the, the instruction here it was saying that uh, uh, whether uh, knowingly or unknowingly, consciously or unconsciously. So, in fact, for me, I found out most part. I, I really uh, harm others without knowing. Yes. <laughs> with, in fact, we leave it all my best intentions, actually. But do you find it easier for you to sort of forgive yourself for that than others? Yes, I find myself easy. Yes, I definitely. I find it easier to forgive myself than uh, because I know for sure that that was my best intention. <laughs> I am 100% sure that, okay. <laughs> i give you an example. I was on staff here in, in 2000. I was working in the front office. I, 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 was, I was a retreat manager before I became a monk, definitely. <laughs> so uh, then I, we are, two of us were coordinating a retreat, uh, and, and it was very busy. Two, only two people were from front office uh, were managing that retreat. So um, then at the end of giving a manager's talk, we went back somewhere in the office there and said, oh, yeah, we are so busy. This coming up. I was so really exhausted. Then I made a comment to this friend of mine, my coworker, And I said, you know, you know, this is Dharma, you know. Everything is fine. Even if we were tired, there's a lot of work. Yeah, we get lots of merit, in other words. But I just mentioned, okay, this is for all for Dharma. So I was feeling a lot of joy that, okay, I'm here in the Dharma Center. I, I listen to all this teaching, and now I'm able to offer support to other people. Even if I'm so tired working at IMS, no problem. It's for the Dharma. But she took it in a different direction. She had a different spin. And then she told me, uh, Stephen, that time I was called Stephen, how insensitive you are. So she thought, oh, you know, I'm not concerned that we are tired and all these things. So she needed more support, maybe in a different way. But for me, I, I was just reminding her to put everything in a dynamic perspective. So that <laughs> with all my best intention, I'm telling you, I mean, she really didn't like it. 
<laughs> Should I not forgive myself because? No, I had to forgive myself because I know for myself that it was my best intention to uh, remind my Dhamma brother, my Dhamma sister, that, okay, don't worry, we are here, we are having a great time. Okay, sometimes we are tired because the retreat stuff, you don't know what's behind the scene, actually. There's a lot of work there because uh, we had to do room chat and all this. And this. So at the end of the day, especially on the opening day, very exhausted because you have to make sure that everything is really perfect. And then I was putting things in perspective, don't worry about being tired. And so you're doing it for the Dharma. So that's why I say that if you, it's from your side, then it's easier to forgive because you know all your best intention. But others, we don't know. We don't know their intention. Sometimes we might, it might be the opposite. Maybe sometimes they may have some intention. We don't know. So it's better actually to start forgiveness yourself and take it from there. And then when you're forgiving others, then you say, if you have done something consciously or unconsciously, I forgive you. Yes. Yes, yes. So, but uh, anything in the beginning is very difficult, but you, I told you it's intention. You put the intention there. It's not uh, faking it until you make it. It's actually the practice, and, and it's a process. As I said, that you're not going to do it in one, one sitting. So if it's hard, then you find areas where it's hard, where is the resistance come from, and then you try again until you, you, you open up. So allow to open and open slowly. Yes. One last question. Oh, we have five minutes. Please be very precise when you ask because as you are talking, also I'm processing answers. So that my CPU, <laughs> he has to do two things. <laughs> so if you are going to speak many things, please come here and I'll give you a mic. <laughs> it will allow me to process better your answers. So... Please be very conscious, precise. Mm? Uh -huh. um, so I noticed anger uh, coming up as I was doing the practice. Right. And uh, really at the center of the anger as I was investigating it was attachment to view. And it was just a really strong attachment to view that was there. It was really feeding my anger. Right. And so I'm wondering if you have any... Basically, a switch from forgiveness to really um, a more of a pasana style practice of really being mindful of what it's like to be attached to view. Mm. And um, historically, in my practice, I've found that um, attachment to view is just, it's just really strong. And it's something that's just, it feels almost very solid. Mm. I'm just curious about if you have any um, advice on looking at view that we are kind of strongly identified with. Uh, right. So uh, he's talking about how to deal with the attachment to views. And uh, he was practicing forgiveness meditation, but he, then anger rises and found out uh, forgiveness practice is not going to work, so he switched to vipassana. Is asking how to deal with views. Actually, that's one of the clinging, upadana, to views, clinging to wrong views, and clinging to sensual pleasures, there's clinging to, to self-identity, so there's clinging there. So really, actually, it's a practice is the same. <laughs> uh, whenever clinging arises, make it the subject of meditation. 
and not it clinging attachment to views. So this doesn't have a separate practice from <laughs> attachment to sensual desire. It's the same attachment, trying to hold on to things. So can you have the, uh, the skills, that, uh, we have given you many, many techniques to try to let go your, your views about things. That's a certain attach att attachment, our views. Usually attachment to food, we can see it clearly, but our views, it's very, very subtle. So work with the same vipassana techniques we have given you. Um, uh, we have given a full Dharma talk about uh, all these things. So it, there's no separate instructions. Just investigate, note it, <laughs> letting go. Don't try to push it away. Don't try to indulge. No suppressing, no repressing. Just try to use wisdom power to observe it and then see how it's changing or decreasing or staying the same. It's the same process until you try to let it go. This clinging on to things like this, it leads to suffering. You can see even the tension itself. So can we then hold? Can we put our views? We are not going to, to, like, to let go of our views today. It's our relationship to views that we have. Are we holding on to them or are you clinging on to them or are you holding like this? Because there's a difference here. If this is my views and I'm holding on to them, them like this, if somebody says something else, then I feel resistance because I don't want to let go of my views. Because that's the resistance and that's where we are so much attached to all these things you can feel. But can I have my views and not cling on to them? <laughs> And then if somebody challenges them, they, they go, okay? <laughs> so the key is how we, we held things. And the practice of Vipassana meditation is to do like this. Every time you practice Vipassana meditation, and you, you, release, you release, you release, you release, you release, you release, until it's like this. You are no longer holding on to your views. So it's a process. Start slowly by slowly, it's okay to leave um, forgiveness meditation, and then practice vipassana meditation, right? and then come back again. Does that, does, that, does, that, does that make sense? You can always go back to forgiveness practice. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, time's up. <laughs> it's uh, 4.30, so thank you for your practice. Uh, I know, uh, Benny, you have a question. Please write it to Joseph. Joseph is going to answer, have a full session, but now, for me, that's enough. Please forgive me if I haven't. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.